Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Welcome back to Kingsgate Church. Those of you that are planted here, let me just brag on this congregation for a minute. <clears throat> so those of you who come often and you consider yourself a member of this church, you come often. So let's say this morning, 80 plus people, right? We're excited to say that we have over half of this church volunteers, possibly up to 60, 70 people volunteer monthly here. So let's give the Lord a clap offering for your servant hearts. That is amazing. I was talking to Dad Brown about this. I've talked to Pastor Dad as well over the years, and it's usually 20% of the people that do 80% of the work, but not here. You are a rare church. Go so far as to say, like Scripture says, you're peculiar, you're different, you're unique. So welcome back. Today I'm going to get into the sermon series that we started a few weeks ago, and it's called Live Again. Someone say live again. You know, I love it when Jesus spoke to Nicodemus at night. You remember that in the book of John? Jesus said, you got to be born again. Nicodemus said, how can I be born again? I enter back into my mother's womb. And Jesus said, no, that, that's not what I mean. You're going to be transformed. You're going to be different. You're going to be new in me. So many times people are born again. They've accepted Jesus, but it's almost like we forget to live again. I want to encourage you today to look at the simple stuff and be grateful this holiday season. Here you are in church on a Sunday morning where the temperature's controlled. I've been in churches where the, there's no temperature control. In Guatemala, South Africa, Russia, there's no air conditioning, no heating. You just deal with it. And here we are. And you know, Americans, I'm not talking about you, but Americans as a whole, you say, well, if they're uncomfortable, they don't want to do something. But I want to say, as you live again, let God make you a little uncomfortable sometimes as you step out in obedience, because that's part of living. When someone pinches you or there's pain, that's because you're alive. Your nerves are working, sending signals to your brain. In the same way, life is bittersweet sometimes. You say, man, I've gone through some stuff. Who hasn't? Who hasn't? But I will tell you this this morning, that God has called you to live, but really live, and be alive for him and be alive through Christ. The world's watching you. No pressure, right? The world's watching you, and they're going, what are they going to do now that they've accepted Jesus? Are they going to be joyful? Are they going to be missing what we used to do together? Are they missing the drugs and the alcohol and the not knowing how they got home at night? You know, no, no, no. You're going to rejoice with what God has given you. You're going to be excited in your freedom, and I am speaking over your lives this year that you be fully immersed in his presence, and you be transformed like never before because how many of you know you are called for a daily walk of renewing your mind every day? There's change every day. Things you see in your life and go, well, I don't, I don't like that. I know God doesn't, but God's working in me. So don't beat yourself up, but don't get content to stay stuck. So somebody say, live again. Live again. Live again. So I want to read through this text this morning again. We did this a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago. Let's go to Ezekiel 37.1, read about 10 verses to you. This is our text today. I'll refer back to it with my points. This is Ezekiel the prophet. Look at this. He says, the Lord took hold of me right here at the beginning of chapter 37. And I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. Usually bones, is, it, it signifies the past. It signifies death. It signifies regrets. Let's keep moving. 
He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were what? Completely dried out. Oh, man, no hope. No hope. Then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? I love it when God asks questions. You remember the Garden of Eden when God said, where are you to Adam and Eve? You think God lost them? No, he's getting them to think. He's actually putting the ball in their court going, why are you hiding? He asked that later, but he's, he's making a point. So the Lord speaks to the prophet and says, hey, son of man, can these bones become living people again? He sounds like a trick question. Oh, sovereign Lord, I replied. He's speaking to God's power there when he calls him sovereign. You alone know the answer. You alone know the answer to that. I'm not even going to try to answer that. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. A prophetic message is the truth of God's word. It's that simple. You do not have to be someone who operates in the office of a prophet to speak a prophetic message. Did you know that? A prophetic message is this simple. Your family will be saved in Jesus' name. The prodigal is coming home. You will be healed. Look how simple this prophetic message is. This is the day the Lord has made. So rejoice and be glad in it. When you proclaim the word, it's prophetic. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. He's speaking to these dry bones. Say, why? I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the what? (laughs) I am the Lord. You're going to know it. So I spoke this message just as he told me. Hmm. Suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. But what happened here? Then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones. This must have been quite an experience. Then skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so that they may live again. Verse 10. So I spoke the message as he commanded me, and breath came into their bodies. They all came to life and stood up on their feet. A great army. Can somebody say amen? We're going somewhere with this. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes just briefly. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the folks in this house. You have chosen them to be your people. Everyone who has accepted Jesus in this house this morning, they are your people. Same for those on the live stream. But, Lord, I know that there's others possibly They may need to make a decision for Jesus this morning, and they'll have that opportunity. And I speak this prophetic word, God. You save who needs to be saved today. And everybody in this house, Lord, that they would receive your word by your spirit, because we can only receive your word by your Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, teach us today as as we worship you by listening to your word and receiving it with glad hearts. In Jesus' name, somebody said, amen. Let's read verse 1 again, 37.1. The Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. So, the Lord took hold of me. This is, this is a huge point right here, this first one. I don't want you to miss this. This is part of the basics of you being a believer. Because people will tell you, well, I'm a believer. I believe in Jesus. I believe in God. I say prayers before I go to bed. That's great. That's a good start. But Scripture says even the demons believe 
and they're, they tremble with fear. Even they believe there's a God. So we got to get past that part. And how do you get past that part? It's like someone saying to me, hey, um, do you, have you ever met someone famous? Uh, well, yeah, one time I was in the Houston airport. I saw a little dude walking around. And I told my wife, I said, you recognize him? That's most deaf. Jen, go, Jen did like that guy did on Nacho Libre. She goes, who? I said, most deaf in the Italian job. And in that movie, something the Lord made. You remember that medical movie? And she's like, I don't, I don't know who that is. I said, I'm going to go meet him. So I got up, and I'm not starstruck, but I thought, I'm just be cool and just see how he is. So I walked up because there was a girl. He walked by, and this girl saw him, and she went, she was starstruck, and she was kind of like lost. And Jen goes, I go, baby, that's, that's an actor. I go, and he's a rapper, too. I said, look how she's asking. She goes, that's his wife. I go, baby, if you walked around staring at me like that, it'd be great. <laughs> but that's not, I mean, she was like, she didn't know what to do. He walked through the food court, and she was like, and I was like, so I followed out, and she was talking to him, and she vanished. And I said, hey. And I just looked him in the eye. I just wanted to throw him off. I said, man, I thought that was you. And I just shook his hand. Nice to meet you, sir. He said, thank you. He was very polite, very cool guy. Big deal. Does it mean I know most deaf? No, I met him. He was a casual, momentary acquaintance. If he saw me again, he would blow right past, right? A lot of believers, they accept Jesus, and then they never do anything else ever again. They have a casual passing acquaintance with God. So they shouldn't dare say, I know God. It's like they should say, no, I met him once. I, I, I heard about God. It's like that guy on, was it Growing Pains? That actor, he was talking to a girl. She was older than him, and she was saying stuff, and she kept saying stuff. And I'm in college. He just kept saying, what a coincidence. Later on, she found out he was in high school. And she said, I thought you were in college. He said, I was just saying I'd heard of college. <laughs> Everybody's heard of God. But you, people of God, men and women of God, you need to take time with God. Let's put that on the screen this morning. Time with God. You need, I need, we need time with God if we're going to live again. You can't live a proper life without God. Why? Because he is the living God. Jesus prophesied and he said, out of your belly will flow rivers of life, joy and peace and people speaking in a heavenly language and prophets speaking the word. And you're, Can you imagine Jesus said this? God in the flesh, he looked at his disciples one day and he said, you are the light of the world. We know Jesus is the light. We remember Jesus through the Christmas season like pastor preached last Sunday night. Lights remind us that Jesus is the light of the world. But he says, you're the light of the world. You get to reflect his light, the one who lives in you. And the only way to do that is to spend time with God. What are the basics of spending time with God? Bible and prayer. A lot of people think that if they talk enough and talk enough and talk enough and work it out in their own strength, they will get better. There's a time and place for that where you share your faults, confess your faults one to another, and you're healed and forgiven. But there comes a time where you're alone and you work it out with God at the altar. This altar or your prayer closet at home, the secret place, the quiet place, away from distractions. I'm going to tell you right now, you can't seek God in front of the TV, in front of Netflix, trying to read your Bible. It's very distracting. No, really. Let me just fess up. 
There's been times where I, I was about done with my Bible reading for the day, and I'd spend some time with God, and I said, man, I'm going to finish up. And I am so easily distracted, even in the same big room, if there's something on TV that's even mildly interesting. I don't know how some of you men are. I can speak for men. We're like, go into a trance. You've got to go be alone with God. Put that phone away. All right? This is the basics for true believers, spending time with God. That's a large part of life as a believer. When we're born again, our habits should change. Are you with me? That's a real simple, simple thing there. When you're born, when you accept Jesus, you ought to want to be in his presence, spend time alone with him in a secret place, the quiet place. Why do I recommend that? Well, Scripture talks about it, number one. And number two, I know how the human mind works to this point. I'm not a neurologist or a brain scientist, but I do know that distractions can get you out of the groove and get you out of the vein of seeking God. You ever tried to read the Bible on your phone and you have your notifications on? It's amazing to me how everybody wants to talk to you when it's time to read the Word. You ever notice that? My dad said back in the day, he said, the devil gets up at 8, so you need to get up before him. I don't think he ever sleeps, really. He's a spiritual being, but that's a good point. The devil in people gets up at 8. And, hey, let's be real. You guys have lived it. You've dealt with other people. Everything's an emergency. Some of y'all got kids. Everything's an emergency. Mom, my debit card won't work. I, I don't know if this happens. Some of you have track phones. I ran out of minutes on my phone. Well, how'd you contact me? I'm borrowing my friend's phone. Then you're okay. You found me, didn't you? You sought me. You were seeking me, and you found me. That's good. You're okay, huh? My heart may stop beating. Everything's an emergency. No, you got, you got to take time and get away from everything. Those texts will still be there. That's the amazing part of the technology, huh? You can look on your phone and go, I have missed calls and texts. And Facebook will survive without you. Like, don't like. That's great. What a novel idea. But you need time with God over and beyond. Above all, you need time with God. And that's where we start there. You need it. I need it. We need it. You want to live again? You want to really live the full life? John 10.10, Jesus said, what? The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. Have it in abundance, a full life. So it starts with time with God. Someone say time with God. Man, y'all are good listeners. Oh, you're going to like this point. It's not even that creative. It's basic. Look at point two here. Look at this. The past has passed. What was that in The Lion King where that monkey hits him in the head? What was, did you think of that? Right away, he said, what? what? Oh, don't worry, it's in the past. <laughs> oh, why would you do that? Do what? It's over. We have to come to terms with regrets. I always hate it when movie stars, they've done, had 18 marriages, left their kids all over the planet, been doing drugs and alcohol and just being big devils, and they go, I have no regrets. Let me give you some, some culture here. You a lie. Yes, that's a lie? The best people I've ever met have regrets. Can I get an Amen. But you give those to God because the past has passed. I want you to ra raise your hand right now, right where you are, and say, say, Jesus, thank you for the cross. Uh-huh, yeah. He, he covered it. He covered that past in the blood. 
He covered that past in the blood, didn't he? The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. It was here. It's gone now. Can you imagine every time you went to pray that God goes, oh, by the way, before we talk, you're at 84,366,181 sins. You just woke up, and you haven't sinned yet, but that's because you've been asleep. (laughs) But I'm keeping count. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for the blood. The past has passed. Everybody has regrets. Let's, Let's not lie about it, but let's not live there. People get stuck in 1982 or whatever. So we're like, I wasn't born yet. Well, don't get stuck there anyway because that's really the past. God doesn't dwell in the past. He doesn't dwell in the past. Forever he doesn't dwell on the past. I love this. Let's go to verse 2. I love this right here. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. So obviously something had happened to lead to this place of a bone-ridden valley floor, right? But it was in the past. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were what? Completely dried out. Look at verse 3. Then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? Oh, sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. God didn't go, hey, well, man, this, this was so bad. Here's what happened. There was a battle here. There's times God will speak to you about stuff like that. But God was not dwelling on the past. God was dwelling on the present and the future here. He showed him the bones and he said, can these bones live again? Can these bones live again? Oh, yes, they can. Hmm. But the past is past. I can't live right now if I'm stuck on yesterday's wins or losses. Some people get stuck on a win. Say, man, God touched me that one time. you got to remember that forever. That is part of who you are. Your past is part of who you are. It should be testimony time, but not to get stuck back there. Your family needs you here and now. That's why I've always said, even with cell phones, they're bad sometimes because we've all done it. We're called to be right here in the present with God and others. And you can take time to be on your cell phone, but you know how tough it is when someone's trying to talk to you and you're going, be all here right now. Somebody had a brilliant saying years ago. They said, wherever you go, be there. Wherever you go, be there. Because the past has passed. Don't be stuck back then, you know, daydreaming and stuff. Uh-uh. Even the wins, those can be distracting. You won, praise God. You lost, you learned, learned a lot from the loss. But everybody has regrets at some point, so give them to God. Let the past be in the past. Are you with me? You, I can't change it, man. I can't change it. We've lost people. They're in heaven. We've, we've got to, time just keeps marching forward, doesn't it? And we need to have a talk with God about how fast time is flying now, right? Does it feel like time has sped up to y'all? Or is that just when you get older? I, I'm going, what, what happened? It was 7 a.m. It's 7 p.m. now. Remember we set the clocks back? My wife said, is it midnight? You know, like, no, baby, it's just the sun just went down. It's, just, you know, but things are just clicking on. It's just moving on. The past has passed. You live right now and know that God has a brilliant, beautiful, planned, and designed future for you. He has purpose. God sees you, He knows you, 
right? Not just a passing, oh, yeah, well, I don't know. I just, I just met him once. Can you imagine if God was that way about us? Yeah, I met him once. I've, I've heard of my son, Matt, but we don't really know each other. That's not the Heavenly Father. He wants to know you, so he's called you to know him and move yourself from the past to the present so that he can give you a future. Are you with me? The past has passed. Somebody on the count of three say that. One, two, three. The past has passed. Yeah, let's live right now. Let's live right now. This is so important. So, to live again, you need, I need, we need, we need time with God. To live again, you've got to remember that the past has passed. Now, number three today, speak and believe. Speak and believe. I pray God's messing with some of you this morning. I pray God's messing with some of you this morning. I love it when people tell me, man, Pastor Matt, you would, you couldn't even imagine. God, we were talking about this last week, or God was dealing with me about this, and God's word finds you where you are. Not because I'm great. We know that. There's way better speakers than me. That, But God has met you right here where you are this morning, so he can deal with you, work with you, commend you, strengthen you, correct you, encourage you. All right? I love this because we're commanded by Jesus to speak and believe several times. In the Gospels. Speak and believe. Look at verse 10 of our text this morning. Ezekiel 37.10. Look at this. So I spoke the message as he commanded me. Ezekiel must have believed because he did exactly what God said. Did you know the best way to prove that you believe is that you obey God? Is that almost too simple? It's like you stumble over that. Have you noticed that Jesus said... He would be a stumbling block to people, and it's true. We stumble over the word of God sometimes, don't we? Because it's, so, it's too simple. See, what, what, what? I can't, how, I can't do that, or why would I do that, or why would? If you believe, just do it. He says, so I spoke the message as he commanded me, and breath came into their bodies. Praise God. They all came to life and stood up on their feet. A great army. You know, when an army stands up on its feet, it's time to go. It's go time. God is about to march you to the next place for another big win. That's why you've got to speak and believe. Let's put that on the screen again, if you would. Speak and believe. And I love it that we're commanded by Jesus. He says, at one point he says, have faith in God. Some translators say that actually should have been have the faith of God, right? Believe. And then another place he says, if you believe, you can say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. So he's telling us over and over again, speak and believe. I'm not going to waste my time sharing the gospel with someone if I don't believe it. Somebody needs to hear this this morning. Did you know there is nothing, there's nothing like the power of a transformed life? When people see you and go, you're different. You're different. You'll have people go, yeah, you're talking to me about the Bible and all this. I don't know, but all I know is you're different. You're better now. You're way different now than you used to be. You don't do the stuff you used to do, and they'll mess with you. You're not as fun as you used to be. You're like, "Uh uh-huh, but I have no guilt in the morning. I'm way fun. I'm having way, way more fun than y'all. Somebody explain this to me. This is rhetorical. Don't, Don't stand up and explain it to me. It'd be awkward and weird, especially for you. I'd laugh. Somebody explained to me how you watch people in the world and they get to the point where they were drinking on Friday nights, right? Sounds real normal. 
and they drink through Sunday, but pretty soon it's getting pushed earlier and earlier in the week, and they start drinking on Thursday, and then on Wednesday, and then on Tuesday. Why? Because they're trying to forget, man. I'm not giving people a hard time for that. I'm saying that sounds miserable, and God can deliver, and he will deliver if you'll just speak and believe. Speak and believe. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, but at some point you've got to obey his word, not just be a hearer, be a doer of the word. Somebody say, I will be a doer. Mm -hmm. You're called to be a doer. You're called to be a man and woman of action. You're called to be a believer. That's action, isn't it? Believers believe. So we've got to speak and believe. Jesus commanded us to. It should be a regular part of our life. So speak and believe. I know over the years many times that you can probably relate to this in your own lives. Is some situations look daunting, huh? You look at them and go, oh my, how are we going to get through this? And sometimes you even look back, right? Remember, the past is past, but you look back for testimony time, you go, I don't know how we got through that. That was God. But here we are, I made it. I made it. Somebody needs to hear this this morning. I don't know about y'all, but God speaks to me when I go to the restroom a lot. It must be all the time I spend combing my hair in there. I don't know, shampooing and conditioning. But, you know, it, it's your routine when you go to the restroom in the morning and you're doing stuff, you're brushing your teeth, you're looking in the mirror, you make sure your nose hairs aren't sticking out. If they are, you just tuck them in. You don't even have to trim them if you don't have time. Just tuck them in. But I was in the restroom this morning. I was thinking about this. I was meditating on God's word, and I feel like the Lord spoke to me something very important. Most of our problems were never even really problems. They were minor inconveniences. Most of our problems, look back on stuff. And, hey, there's, there's some real problems out there. Say, man, this was terrible. We had a loss, a tragedy, a heartbreak. That's a true problem. But many times you go, oh, man, they were just late. We were just early. You know, whatever. You say, man, this is a, man, things aren't going right today. It was inconvenient. But here's what I believe God is saying to you today. If you will trust me, dear son, if you'll trust me, dear daughter, this is only the beginning for you. This is only the beginning for you. have great and beautiful things in store for you. I believe God has been talking to, man, he's been speaking to me this holiday season. Is And, and it's three words I believe I've been hearing from God is I'm not done. I'm not done. You know when you're cooking something? And it's, it ain't just right yet because it's not done. Oh, but when it's done, it's pretty amazing, right? Whatever it is you're cooking. But God is not done. He says, I'm not done. You say, man, I've been through the fire. He says, I'm not done. You say, I'm going through it. He says, I'm not done. I told you you'd have problems on this earth, but I've overcome all of them. Problems, inconveniences, mishaps, letdowns, tragedies, heartbreaks, disappointments, fears. Mm. Jesus said, behold, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the age. He said he'd never leave you nor forsake you. Somebody hear that. Let, let that fall down in your spirit this morning. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Some of you say, I, I didn't feel God through that. Oh, you did. It, it, may, it may have been almost untraceable. It may have been subtle. You knew he was there, even if it wasn't just like you planned or like you wanted it to be. 
So you've got to speak and believe in the midst of the trial. Speak and believe in the midst of the heartache. Speak and believe in the midst of the disappointment because God's best, it's here now and there's more to come. The best is yet to come. I believe that. I'm not just preaching some cliche thing. I believe I'm speaking to you this morning by the Spirit of God, and God is not done. Someone say, God's not done. Mm. Someone say it again. Say, God's not done. Uh huh. He's working on you, and he's, I love this. We used to have a song we sang in here, and they would sing, he's working it out. He's working it out. Say, well, why why does God allow us to go through stuff? Because he doesn't want you to be a spoiled brat. Spoiled brats are the worst people in the world to deal with. They're hard on teachers. They're hard on policemen. Because they're never wrong, you're wrong. But people who are no longer a spoiled brat, guess what? That means you're growing up a little bit. And God says, I can trust you with something now because you're no longer a spoiled brat. Because God could just spoil you. Say, no, I just want to bless my kids. I want them to have all things I didn't have. There's nothing wrong with that. Everybody needs to be spoiled a little bit. That's great. But at some point, some point, oh, man, I don't know who I'm talking to this morning. some point, the answer is no. You want to redefine a friendship? Uh, no. Remember one of those Spider-Man movies? I think it was Peter Parker and his little, I think it was James Franco was the, whatever he was, the goblin or something, I don't know. But it was amazing. I'll never forget that movie. He said, help me, Peter, help me. And Peter said no for some moral reason or some ethical reason, and it changed everything. Go back and look that up. That's not a real just gospel movie or anything. But that fell on good ground with me. I remember talking that over with my brothers. Like, it's amazing. Everything's great. No. What do you mean, no? You don't love me? I can't. No, sorry. No. And I don't have to always explain why. So, no. Even in marriage. No, the answer's no right now for that. Husbands and wives, love each other. Understand boundaries. God gives us boundaries. Scripture says he created this boundary so the water wouldn't infringe upon the shore and overtake it forever. How is that? The waves come and the waves go, but God sets a boundary. He's a God of boundaries. Light and dark, he's a God of boundaries. So in the midst of boundaries, in the midst of no, or how about this? You like this one better than no, huh? Not yet. It's no, just out of T, space, and then Y-E-T. I'm really getting the spelling thing down in my mid-40s. It may not be no, it may just be not right now. It may just be, uh, not yet. Who is that for this morning? Oh, you don't have to raise your hand. But God's saying, I heard you, but not yet. Let me close with this. The prophet Daniel, Scripture says he prayed, and he was a man who prayed, and he got answers. God would send angels personally to him and say, you are dearly beloved of the Lord. You're favored. Here's what God's saying. At one point, he prayed and fasted 21 days, nothing. But I loved it when the angel came. He said, God heard you the moment you prayed. It was just not yet. There were other factors. And God was working on his character. There are reasons for that. And Scripture's been given to correct, reprove, encourage, rebuke, and to give us an example. And we look back and go, wow, that's a big not yet. The answer may not be no. It may just be not yet. So keep speaking and believing somebody. Can I get an amen in here? Praise God. Let's go ahead and bow our heads and close our eyes. To live again, you need time with God. you got to remember the past is past. 
And you're commanded by Jesus himself to speak and believe. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever forget it. Is there anyone in this house at the sound of my voice? It may be someone on the live stream on YouTube or Facebook Live. Someone in this house that says, Pastor Matt, hmm, if I died, I don't know if I'd go to heaven. I've never accepted Jesus. I've never publicly declared Jesus as my Lord. If you have never proclaimed that Jesus is your Lord, I want you to raise your hand in here. You want to get right with God, make peace with God. Is that you? Raise your hand, and I'm going to pray with you. Real quick, you got to make it public. So you say, man, if I passed away, I don't know where I'd go to heaven. I don't know what would happen to me. I, I think I may wind up in hell. Oh, man, you are a great candidate for this prayer. Then raise your hand, and I will pray with you if you've never accepted Jesus. Is that you this morning? Then let's pray together. All right. There may be someone on the live stream. Let's pray as a family. Someone say, Heavenly Father, apart from you, without you, I'm just a sinner. I can't make it without you. I can't do it without you. I need your saving grace. I need your power of transformation. Say, forgive me, Lord. Cleanse me. I'm so sorry, and I'm so grateful that you would forgive me. Say, I confess and believe that Jesus is Lord. Say, he's my Lord, and he died and rose again for me. Come into my heart, Lord. Live with me forever. I want to be part of your kingdom. I want to be your child. Say, I believe and I believe I'm saved in Jesus' name. That same attitude of reverence, if there was anyone in this house, you say, man, that word this morning touched something within me. It, God was dealing with something in me. Would you raise your hand this morning? I'm going to pray with you as well. I believe God was speaking to different people in this house. Let's agree right now. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you because your word rings true forever. Lies are soon exposed, Scripture says, but truth will remain forever. And your truth is perfect. So I thank you this morning for what you've spoken through your word and through this simple, basic messenger, God. I thank you for your perfect word. And I thank you that it's fallen on good ground. Now help us to apply it. Help us to walk in it. Think of it. Talk about it every day and share it. We give you glory. Lord, we will speak and believe as we spend time with you. We thank you for your promises and your word. In Jesus' name. Somebody said, Amen.